Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Breaking Barriers Now. I'm your host, Jody Watkins, and today my guest is Chris, and he hails from up north. I'll let him tell you where he's from, and you'll tell when he starts talking because you can tell his accent, but <laughs> but I met Chris uh, not too long ago down in Orlando, and one of the first things that was very interesting about this man was... I didn't know him, first of all. I didn't know him. But he saw something that day and he came to me and he was not afraid to say what he saw. And he didn't know anything about me. He didn't know who, who I was, right? <laughs> but but he prayed for me and he said, he said, I was up in my room and you know, and and I told him before we got on this call, I told him, I said, I will never forget that. And I've taken that with me. And I appreciated that because I don't know what was spoken to your heart, <laughs> but what you said to me was exactly what I needed to hear that day. Uh, and so, you know, the premise behind this show that we've kind of talked about is, you know, sharing our stories, but the fact that we all struggle with things and a lot of people see us, right? So we talk about not judging a book by its cover. A lot of people see us in a certain capacity and they just formulate their own ideas, right? They don't think about the fact that we are also human <laughs> <laughs> and we also struggle with our own stuff, right? <laughs> and oh, most yeah. of us are dealing with these things even more than some of the, some normal people, right? Especially when we get into bodybuilding and a lot of people just think that we're bodybuilders and we just got it all together, but most of us got into bodybuilding for a reason, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, yes, and yes. it becomes like a, a spiritual mindset, so to speak, <laughs> right? And, and it becomes that thing that, that keeps us from making more excuses because we have something, you know, to kind of special. Yeah, we got we got that thing. <laughs> but that but people on the outside, you know, and I, I think in the bodybuilding community, we get it right. But I know a lot of people on the outside, especially because I'll have these conversations. I'm sure you do, too. And, and people just, they're oblivious to that. And they just think that we're like these alter human things. And I'm like, no, I struggle Robots. with the same stuff, right? Like <laughs> I might even struggle with more. I don't know. I'm kind of messed up. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Hold no, on. not at all. Not at all. But that's why I love having this platform because you know, I know, I knew deep down that I was not the only one that struggled with stuff. Right. And so the more I would have conversations, I was just like, people need to hear this stuff. And, and so I want to say thank you for your time today for coming on here and taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, cause I want to acknowledge you for that too. Cause that's the thing we're all, we all got other stuff going on besides this podcast. Right. So, <laughs> so I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you for taking the time out. Um, and I'm just going to kind of allow you to take it from there and, um, you know, just talk about anything you want to talk about as far as like your upbringing, the barriers that you, mm. you know, continue to break. Cause I always say, that's why it's breaking barriers. Now we're still breaking barriers. <laughs> I don't care who oh, yeah. we are. It's never, um, it, the journey never stops. Yeah. So just go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit better than I did. And, and, you know, just tell us whatever you want to tell us. Well, first and foremost, Miss Jody, I want to thank you actually for having me on and giving me the opportunity um, to explain the things that I've been through or rather give my testimony as I like to say it now yeah. I want to thank the father most <laughs> like I have to uh, because everything that happens happens through him 
and nothing happens through us mm. um, or our capabilities. So our meeting by, by chance was not by chance. It was designed and what I saw is what he pointed out. And then it wasn't anything to where me being special was able to see. Mm. Um, I've really come to thank the father for everything and try not to take any of the glory because I'm just a vessel. And as I've become one with the father, he's able to use me in the same way he uses others. And he gives us special gifts to where we're able to bring others into the light. Mm. So, uh, whew, Hallelujah on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, my name is Chris Sproul. I'm out of New York. You know, she said up north, I might sound a little different. Yeah, not accustomed to hearing somebody speaking the ways that I do. Uh, we got a I little slang about us. I have plenty of friends that us. are New Yorkers, so, you know. <laughs> okay. So it's like you could tell by the way we talk. We're not from around here. No. Uh, <laughs> that's you come to Florida and is. you stand out. <laughs> oh, I've noticed, man. I've <laughs> coming to the point where I'm actually trying to fit in I we'll get into my science today I was wow. gonna say don't don't, <laughs> don't do that because it'll never work out very well I've, I've learned that <laughs> you're never gonna so, fit in <laughs> and sometimes we are in a world that we're taken out of and we're not meant to fit in we're meant to shine different and align exactly. with those that we're meant to align with to bring others into that same light um so when it comes down to like you'd actually get into it now because it makes sense. That big city personality is actually built and constructed upon the interaction between so many different individuals between one day. Mm. So it breeds a type of individual who's a little bit more fast paced than someone that doesn't interact with so many individuals. So we city folk tend <laughs> to ignore most of the people we see during the day mm. but interact with them so it's like good morning not expecting right. a good morning in return to where when I went to Florida as soon as I got off the plane it's like hey how you doing I'm like what's up and I kept it moving and they they were like oh you're so rude I'm like I said what's up yeah <laughs> Um, usually I just look for that NY on the hat and I'm like oh yeah they they, they operate differently yeah, 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 just a little bit different but I, <laughs> I've, I've learned that's been a construction like it's constructed to operate like that uh -huh. I've done a little bit of research and there's a scientist named John B. Calhoun mm, yeah. um, the universe 25 experiment he takes uh, four pairs of rodents and he supplies them with ample enough to live peacefully and what happens eventually is overpopulation destroys humanity Whew. yes <laughs> it breeds a certain type of individual or a certain type of character to where the the male rodents are feminized and the female rodents then become protective and they start to get masculine characteristics the masculine males no longer want to breed with the feminine aggressive females and the female that are aggressive don't feel the feminine male is assertive enough to you know carry on or protect them as what would be needed uh. so they, they they lose the sense of a man of a male rodent 
eventually society dwindles out because reproduction stops. And once wow. reproduction stops, it's like, okay, it's over. Yeah. Mm. He did this experiment eight times <laughs> and the same thing happened each time. They were provided with ample amount of food, ample amount, ample amount of living space, but they chose to bunch together and eventually just, it didn't go good. Wow, that's interesting. Um, and and we'll let the listeners formulate their own thoughts on that. I always try not to interject too much when it comes to stuff like that. But I mean, I can definitely take my own, you know, surroundings and experiences and and even who I am, right? And and that that's very interesting. I'll just I'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> you guys can formulate everything else you want to formulate. I'm interested. This is going to be fun to see some of the discussions that come out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make this up. You know? I know. I, I yeah, just I'll make sure I put that study on there too because that is yeah. um, it's good. And I, I tell you, I research a lot too, and and I think it's important for us to research um, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of things, ideas out there, and um, you know, just just things that we we probably wouldn't think about too much but somebody had an idea to think about it and, and they wrote and about now, it <laughs> yeah now yeah so that's that's very interesting <laughs> yeah. so I, I look at a lot of things that were written in the past mm-hmm. um they show what happens in the future mm-hmm. um everybody so we're gonna break barriers right now and everyone's gonna say oh this guy is crazy but I think the same thing has happened multiple times within different societies. Yeah. Society gets to a certain point where technology is just too much and society begins to collapse because the normal things we were intended to do, we stop doing. Mm. And here we are in the world of AI. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I look at it, uh, let's let's go even past that, right? Um, let's go to physical, like we're bodybuilders and now we can go into the anatomy mm-hmm. and we can look at the children of the day and we can look at how, let's, how, how can I say it without offending? I shouldn't have said without offending people because now everyone- Yeah, because now be people offended. are going to be like, what? <laughs> okay, exactly. What? I don't believe this. The defenses are going to be up. They here. probably look. No, nobody was listening until you said that. Exactly. <laughs> no, the, I, not a I hope they were listening here. before that. But, <laughs> but that, uh, isn't that funny how you how you put like a warning thing out there and you're like, dang, I shouldn't have even said that. <laughs> and then they're, they're like, wait, wait, wait. There it is. So uh, you know, after you build it up, you drop it back let's, down. Let's to just the... go ahead and premise this with, hey, you guys, everybody out there, everything that gets said on these podcasts is said with love and compassion and and most of us have gone through it too so it's okay (laughs) okay right so we look at um society like the children are a little bit more obese than they were when I was growing up right and I don't I'm not a what kind of guy like what oh my god they're 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 just huge they're no, no no it's I'm looking at why why yeah what's going on to make that happen and I don't judge a book by its cover so um, I look at the why and I see a lot of the things that I was, I did as a child, they are not doing. Yeah. Yeah. I would go to the park and play basketball. They'll go to the living room and pay NBA 2K yep. or Call of Duty or their cell phone. Yep. Um, as they're doing so, they're sitting on their butts and they're atrophying their glutes. 
when you begin to atrophy your glutes, um, you're killing your posture. You're destroying the lack of, you know, uh, production or creativity or creation right. or muscle stimulation of your lower abs. So they're atrophying as well. Right. Your hip flexors are beginning to get too tight because your glutes don't work. So now it's just making you get that lower little belly because it's opening up a closet for you to store fat. Yeah. Well, and then you you add in the mindless eating, right? You got That's snacks a, on hand. You got sodas coming in the house. You got that, all the stuff, right? That's because we're, we're in the house. Yeah. It's exactly. like we're not outside and having to deal with just a quarter bag of chips and a quarter bag of quarter quarter water. Right. Now we're in the house and it's unlimited everything. Yeah. So I just, I, my, my point is not, the eating because we can't point out what's being advertised for us to eat. I look at the structural things of why they're not able to do the same things. Right. If your glutes don't work, standing up is, is literally a problem because your hips will start to shift. Yeah. Now, now we're going to see Ms. Watkins like, hey, uh, my QL is hurting. I, I need some help. And we're not Which is as how active. we met, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. By the way, everyone, <laughs> I was at a bodybuilding show with my massage table and a Theragun uh-huh. and some cups and <laughs> doing and some I cupping said, hmm. and <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And I, you know, I'll be at another one here pretty soon. But <laughs> but that's the thing, and and it's so important. I, I definitely want to dive into like you, you know your story, and it's it's interesting. I like what you said about you know, when you were growing up, because you and I are actually in two different generations too, right? So okay, yeah, so, yeah, we are. So I think it's interesting that you, as someone even younger than me, still says, hey, I was outside playing. I was doing this. I was, like, that was me, too. I There was no sitting inside. Like, I <laughs> literally did everything in my power to be outside. I was riding my bike. I was, <laughs> you know. I, I was um, mad that I had to be in when the street yes, lights came on. Like, yes, that. <laughs> yes. Um, but I will say, I think a lot of it has to do, and I also have an almost 14-year-old a lot of it has to do with how society has changed. Um, I don't know how it was, you know, where you grew up and I want, definitely want you to go into that. But like, for me, I, I lived in a town where everybody kind of knew everybody, you know, there okay. was, we didn't really have to worry. I mean, there was crime and, and <laughs> stuff happened. And I mean, I lived in a chaotic household. So there was stuff that was happening there, which is why I got outside more, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, but, um, you know, I look at it now and, and I, you know, some of the cities, I mean, kids can't even go out and play right now. And, and so what happens? They, I'm not going to say can't, I, I, I see your face <laughs> for everybody that's listened to the podcast. You couldn't see his face, but his face said everything just now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to say can't, but I have been in some inner city areas where it's not so safe and the adults mm-hmm. that are around aren't looking out for the kids. Yeah. And maybe I'm offending people out there, but I've been in those places and I see. I live in one now. I'm not offended. Okay. I see kids playing outside every day. Yeah. And so that's why I don't want to say can't, but I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's. Preventive. We want to yeah, protect it's like them. We, it's we a discourage. Shelter. We can't shelter them though and that that's the thing it's so 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 so, so i i i understand that from um you know someone coming with love who 
cares for their child, but I don't care if I offend the people that I like, you know, we say right now. But when people aren't raising their children and they're just letting them grow up, it's a difference. Right. It's like if I'm going outside with my child and we're practicing how to play basketball, we're passing the ball. I'm not worried about the influence of everybody that's outside. Right. If I'm on my phone on Instagram trying to get a million likes and show you know my my backside or my front side, um, because my child's father is no longer around or you know my child's mother is no longer around, so I'm flashing a lot of cash and a lot of bottles, and that's what my concern is. My child grows up with the influence of society. Yeah. So I think it's the difference between like raising a child and letting children grow up. As we'll get into my story, um, dang, like Jesus said, uh, he said, he, he, <laughs> he said, ye uh, who have no sins cast the first stone. So I don't cast a, a stone at anyone that I speak about right. because I've been a product of that environment. I have four children myself, and honestly, I my my parents raised them. <laughs> mm. Like I wasn't in a position to raise a child as a child. I had wow. my first child at seventeen, mm. and then I did a stint in prison. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, we're gonna stop right there. <laughs> okay, let's go back. <laughs> okay, let's do that. We're not, do we're that. not gonna bypass that stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, because this is the part that I really want people to hear, right? Because mm-hmm. again, we see what we see, but we don't see what got us there, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, where you were brought up, how you were brought up, and what led you to <laughs> that first child and the, the stint that you were just about to oh, talk wow. about. <laughs> okay, cool. There we go. Let's go. Let's get to it, all right? <laughs> so, um... I was actually the golden child. Um, I was, I'm the oldest of nine children. Um, my mother and my father, they never married. So my father married my stepmother. My mother married my stepfather. Well, all right. <laughs> my mother and my father before splitting had three children. Mm. I'm the oldest of the three. I have a brother and a sister from my mother and father. My father and my stepmother had one child. My stepmother brought a daughter into the family when she became the stepmother. That's my sister. My mother had three additional children when she married my stepfather. And if you do the counting, it's like, hey, that, that's about eight. And he said nine. And I was about 13 or 14. I found out about Ray Vaughn. <laughs> and that's my brother. <laughs> Who was raised actually down south. Without, wow. the, without the influence of our father. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, as a child, until about five, six years old, I was in Coney Island in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. I'll paint a picture of Coney Island. You've seen the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I know we're, we're about that generation where we've seen the Warriors. And I grew up in the Easter era where it was like the Bloods and the Crips and they were always mm-hmm. fighting at the Coney Island rides. Um, Coney Island is like one way in and one way out. 
it's so small but so congested you know everybody but don't know anybody uh. you'll wind up like the building I lived in was 23 floors it was probably 12 to 14 apartments on each floor and like everybody had families <laughs> My building had six buildings in the complex and they took up about one block right across from me. That was C-Rise. Right across from C-Rise was Grayson. Grayson is a New York City housing authority project. Mm. So that's probably another 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people. Wow. Across the street from Grayson is the Mermaids. The mermaids were a set of two buildings that probably housed 2,000 people. So it's like, you'll see all of these people, but you know none of them. Mm. You interact with a lot of souls or spirits from a young age, and you don't realize what's going on. Mm. You have a lot of influences, some positive, some negative, and some is just like you they're like NPCs, like you see them and, and going and never speak to them. Wow. Like I remember there was a young lady that actually had a crush on her. I'd seen her every day and never said a word to her. Whoop. And this is normal <laughs> for things like this to happen. It's like you yeah. see so many people. Now, when you see so many people, it's so many problems that can yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, if you have a girlfriend, you might run into another one. You know, I, me at that young age, I didn't have those problems. But these are the type of situations that occur. So my father felt he had to get me out of there before I became a victim of the streets. Mm. My friends that I know from Coney Island now, if you look at the Instagram bio, you know, you'll usually see something positive from somebody, you know, not them. <laughs> it's rest in peace and at least five to six people. And it's people that they've grown up with, people that they've gone to school with. And these people have died at young ages trying to live in a world that looks for an ego more than love. Mm. So instead of getting loved at home, they're in the streets and they're following bad influences. And these bad influences are giving them guns and giving them drugs and telling them, okay, this is how you be a man. You sell this, you protect your people with that. And it's just like, not a good place. So my dad got us out of there and he uh, called us to Staten Island. So from five years old to about 13, 14 years old, Chris was the golden child. Um, <laughs> I picked up plenty, plenty good like trades. Mm -hmm. My dad is, I'd say a jack of all trades. But he won't. He said he's just a master at everything. <laughs> it's like, hey, okay, whatever. All right, you um, go. He's a Leo. That's where it comes from. You know, uh, Leo with an ego. I know. Yeah, I got one of those. I live with one of those. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so uh, <laughs> as um, I'm growing up, he taught me some of the things that, well, I actually was forced to learn some of the things that he was fortunate of enough to be gifted. He does home improvements, and when I say this man is excellent, I've never seen anyone do work the way he does work. I don't 
find too many people that like what they do anymore. I think a lot of people just do it for the money. Mm-hmm. He's the type of person will take longer on the job so it's perfect and run into the budget because it's mismanaged. <laughs> it's like, hold on, dad, we're not supposed to be here no more. It's like, you can't even pay me next week, bro. <laughs> it's like, um, but he yeah. likes to value the things that he do- does and leave a spectacular finished product. Which is good. People appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, they do. A financial setback, but (laughs) yeah, you know, sometimes the workers don't like it. Like Chris, hey, again, man, (laughs) you know, Um, I'm a junior. My dad's name is Chris also. Uh, Okay, nice. So, so um, we as far as home improvements, we also do swimming pools. Uh, I would spend my summers literally opening and closing swimming pools running around doing cleanings and liner replacements for above ground swimming pools. Okay. So he kept me out of trouble. Okay. Um, my first job, he made sure I was at work. He actually came to my interview, like <laughs> sat next to me with like, it was, it, it was the most. He was like, was uh-uh, weird. I'm not going to let you go on this. <laughs> Just like that. We walked into the, to the, it was a McDonald's restaurant. We walked into McDonald's. <laughs> We we sat down <laughs> and they came out for the interview. She said, hello, who's interviewing? He said, my son is. <laughs> so I had already had the job. Like um, a teacher of mine from my high school made sure I had a job when I asked for one. And his whole thing was, well, he's not working past this hour and he can't work on his days. I'm like, yo, bro, do you want me to get the job or not? <laughs> So he created to... the boundaries for you. That's actually good, though. <laughs> Unless it was working with him. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> he it, we... needed you around more, so he they couldn't have you that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. It's like, you know, making sure I'm still available for his services. So I, um, I, I always worked. You know, um, I, was, I was a good kid. And... So I became like 14, 15. I started smoking weed. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, it wasn't bad. Like nobody cared until one of my cousin's parents started getting upset mm. and they were calling me a bad influence. So then my dad tried to like tighten the reins. We were still cool though. I'm like, listen, brother, you're not paying for it. I'm paying for it, man. I'm still going to school. My grades are cool. Like I'm not doing anything. I'm not outside. And he's like, all right, whatever. It all went bad when Chris wanted to go to the Air Force. Oh. So I'm a product of the Air Force, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm in high school. It's my junior year. And I see, like, what's going on outside in the area around me. We're in Staten Island now. Nice, nice house, you know. Not too far from the projects, but we're in a good block. You know, we don't have to deal with the things that are going on in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's about... 40 houses over here opposed to 40,000 people on the block. So we're in a nice neighborhood. The schools are safer. But it's still that element is still around. It's everywhere. I had a bad couple, a few bad friends, you know. They did what they did. But I kept away from them because that wasn't my lifestyle. I worked at McDonald's. Like, I was cool coming to buy weed from the guys. But um, anything else, I'm like, yo, nah, I'm straight. (laughs) 
I stayed in the straight and the arrow. I had a best friend who actually was in the Air Force as well. He went after his senior year. I said, Dad, I think I want to go to the Air Force. And he said, no son of mine is going to fight no wars. I said, you know, Dad, um, there's a war going on outside in these streets. And I am not trying to be a part of it. That Leo ego came out. He said, uh, ain't no son of mine going to do nothing in the streets. And, you know, okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was cut off. Literally. So you didn't even get to join the Air Force. Nah, so um, I went, you know, I took the pre-ASVAPs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a dumb kid. Pardon me. I was never a dumb kid. I was actually really smart. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I was always in the honor classes. Like, I was actually, I was gifted, you know? Yeah. So when we took the test, I did something stupid. It was the pre-ASVAPs, and I skipped a question on the Scantron, but didn't skip it. So it's like, I just missed everyone. So the recruiter calls my dad and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been speaking to your son and we're, we're interested in going to the Air Force. The only problem is he needs a tutor. He's like, what? <laughs> what do you need a tutor? Like, my son is in Regents classes. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, he said, my son won't be going to no Air Force. There's no need to call him back. He hung up on the recruiter. And called me downstairs. He said, didn't we have a chat about the Air Force? And I said, yes. And he said, why did you go take the ASVAP? I said, I'm going to be an adult. And boom! I learned real quick. You don't tell an adult what you're about to do. Um, he took my cell phone because he was paying for it at that time. Mm. And I was basically on my own at that point. So I started to rebel. Um, and my rebel was, okay, cool. I was about to go somewhere I wasn't supposed to. Ooh, I almost got him in trouble. Uh-oh. Um, but, you know, just to say, like, we put like this. I was 17 years old and I had great credit. So when he took my cell phone, I know my social security number. I had my social. I just went and got my job. I, I went and got my own cell phone. <laughs> And I paid my own bill. And I, I thought I was a man. You know, I thought I was able to just, you know, get through. And I learned the hard way over the next 14 years. Mm. Um, after being cut off, things really got hard. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was doing it on my own. So I got over my britches. And I'm just like, Yo, I'm not jacking anything he's saying. I was 17 exactly. I was in high school. I had three classes in the first term. So it was three for the first term. And then I had three for the second term. Mm -hmm. So it was like, this is what I'm saying. Like, I was a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I have extra classes already. Like, I barely have to be in school senior yeah. year. Um, my first period class, I hadn't been making because my sisters joined my high school that year 
both my sisters, my stepsister and my, my sister are the same age. So I was accustomed to waking up at a certain time, getting the shower and going to school. Now they're in the shower and it's two of them. Oh. And it's like, like, um, all right, cool. I would just take my time. And I wind up, you know, like at that time I was working at McDonald's and um, like I was into the weed. So uh, I knew if I bought weed a little bit wholesale and I gave some to my friends at school, I might not have to be really paying for the weed. <laughs> oh. So I said, okay. It's that's, an entrepreneur that's... mindset. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a really smart way of thinking. It can just get you in a lot of trouble if you're not careful. Uh, <laughs> not anymore. Well, not anymore. Yeah. But it it's funny because, you know, if, I always say, somebody's going to say something about this. Drug dealers are the best entrepreneurs. They are. They are. They run a business if better they, than anyone. If they could just take that and do it with something that's legal. Like, like fitness and personal anything. training. Like like fitness and personal training. Yeah. Hello. We'll, we'll get to that. How are but, you? Okay. So so you got your entrepreneurial. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so that's where the backgrounds came from, you know, in a couple economic <laughs> classes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um getting through high school, like so, so this is right before actually right before my 17th birthday. Mm. My uh, birthday is September 18th. Um, so it's like the first two weeks of school and I, I ain't been to class but once or twice. <laughs> the first period class uh, he calls my dad and now we're gonna have an ego fight Leo I come in the house he's like yo your teacher called said you ain't been there and my response was like this the previous summer I took driver's ed mm-hmm. and he told me if I paid for driver's ed he would buy me a car so I can get to school and I could drive me and my sisters to school so when he said, yo, you ain't been getting the first period class, I said, well, if I had my car, that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> right, okay. Your birthday is September. You're a Virgo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I said, you know, if I had my car, that wouldn't Y'all be a problem. Y'all be pushing buttons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, we do, we do, we do. So, uh. When I, I said that, you know, I definitely pushed the button. I hit the ego button and he said, well, all right, your ass is on punishment. What? Man, I'm about to be 17 years old. I got my own job. Sounds like somebody punishment. else got the ego gene. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Had. You know what I mean? We had it. We had it. We had to get checked. So, um... As it was going, um, it, it, it was very funny because that day I actually went to my job to get, and I got my check and I, I bought a half of ounce and I bought two bottles because we were going to have a party up the block. I had become a little bit more friendly with the guys because I could, I could make some more, you know, business <laughs> if I right. hang out with them, <laughs> especially because they, you know, they, 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 yep. they're my friends that, that want to share some too. So <laughs> Why don't I stay around you guys? Cause y'all like to share a lot more. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> so um we were gonna throw a party that night and um or they were and I was just gonna be there. So I you know bought something to share. Um my boy dropped me off at the house, and that's when I went in and um got put on punishment. 
I left everything in the car with him because I didn't want to go in the house smelling like that. Right. So he's like punishment. And I'm like, I just bought, I'm not staying in the house. Like, I, I got to go get that. <laughs> uh, I snuck out the house that night. It was the first time. And we, we lived in like a real house. We had a roof. I was on the second floor. My room was on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Outside of my room, if you go out the window, there was like a a roof that was actually over the bathroom. So if you slide down the roof, you can actually jump 12, 13 feet and you'll hit the deck. And then from the deck, you're good to go. So <laughs> I told my brother, I said, yo, um, just make sure the window open or the door is unlocked when I come back. He's like, yo, you're bugging. I'm like, nah, we good. So I go outside and you know, the night goes by, I'm drunk, it's three o'clock, and I'm like, yo, I can't go home. He's <laughs> gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm like, he's about to kill me and beat me up, man. Oh like, my goodness. Uh so I started my first night outside and it's a it was a, a, a front uh, who I thought was a friend of mine. And as we're laying as we're in the car, like we we left the seats back and the car is not running. So it's getting cold and I'm shaking. I'm like, yo, bro, you do this every night? He like, yeah, man. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I said, I'm going home. Living out uh, of your car is no fun. I can I've oh, done it. <laughs> it's yeah, no fun. I, I, I agree. Especially when it doesn't run and it's not your car. It's just an open car where you have a blanket. Oh man. Yeah. So I'm um, grateful for that house, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, get get to staggering back to the house, and I'm wondering, I'm like, how am I going to get in? I'm like, I hope, you know, my brother left it unlocked. Yeah, I get to that front door, it's locked. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not knocking on this door. Yeah. I'm not knocking on this door. So I um, proceed to go up the same way I left. I go up the roof and <laughs> I don't know how I, I know how now, you know. Right. <laughs> I know how now, but then I didn't know how I made it up there. Um maybe I climbed up the side of that roof like I was Spider-Man or something. <laughs> um I get to my window and I go to open it. And when I go to open it, it's locked. I'm like, oh wow. I'm drunk. I'm not, you know, I go to my brother's window. His room is right next to mine. I open his window and I get a bunk bed. I jump right through it. Wake him up. I'm like, yo, why you ain't open the door? He's like, yo, you in trouble. I'm like, yeah, shut up. (laughs) I go and I'm so drunk. I just fall on my bed. I wake up maybe an hour and a half later to my father screaming, how the F did you get in my house? I said, I never left. What are you talking about? And then I look up and see all of my stuff packed. Wow. He had woken up because my aunt was dropping my sister off. And as she was dropping my sister off, my stuff was thrown in her car. And I was sent to my mom's house in Coney Island with my stepfather. Wow. I guess I <clears throat> remind my stepfather of my father. Mm. He didn't really like me around too much. So after I went from there, that didn't really last. 
I went to my aunt's, which was actually downstairs on the fifth floor. I graduated high school from there. I made it my business to get on the bus and actually two buses and then to a ride (laughs) so I could get to school. You know, that that, that, that being the weed, man, it helped out. (laughs) Um, I had somebody there to pick me up from the 53 every day. The 64 would take me from Coney Island to Bay Ridge. I'd jump on the 53 to go across the Verrazano Bridge. And I have a faithful person sitting there. Hey, you ready? Light it up. Okay, cool. <laughs> and that was my ride to school. Um, okay. I did that for the rest of high school. And I graduated. Okay. My ego didn't allow me to go to graduation because I was not going to allow my parents to come and celebrate something they had nothing to do with. Mm. I didn't go to prom. I didn't go to graduation. I That time... I had been in the belly of the beast in Coney Island, back to a surrounding of 40,000 people. And I was already a bad spirit myself. And it was just attracted to more bad spirits. Uh-huh. The downward spiral began then. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wound up meeting my daughter's mother and she got pregnant. I didn't even know this. Like we we did whatever we did. Um, she went back to her house. I had moved back to Staten Island. My dad actually used me at this point. I started a pool business after I graduated high school. And in Coney Island, they have a community that's right next to it. It's separated. It's called Seagate. Mm-hmm. Seagate is a Jew, uh, Hasidic Jewish community. And it's closed off to everyone else. I went in there, I hand out some pool flyers and I got work. Um, I asked him for help on a situation and he's seen an opportunity to take advantage. He came to the job, made me pay his employee for that day's work from the money that I made that day. Let me know if I paid his insurance on his van I can move back into the house and use his tools. And he sold me a dream, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I fell for it. I moved back home and I'm, I'm still, I don't even know the girl anymore. Um, that probably lasted for about two to three weeks. Mm. I wasn't man enough at that point to be a helper and not try to be the man. Right. So he was doing a home improvements project at that time. And, you know, you'll get paid like portions. So he'll get a percentage to start. He'll get a percentage when it's halfway and then he'll get the remainder when it's done. And, you know, like I described his work, he's going to be there a while. Mm. Swimming pools, it's not like that. <laughs> it's like, hey, I did four cleanings today and I did a liner install. I came home with $800. Mm. Um Sometimes he would give me the job so he would get a percentage and like, or he would basically tell me how much I'm getting out of it. And when I would do a job, I'd kick him a little PC, you know, he gave me a job one day. It was supposed to be $475. Don't tell me how I walked away with 1375. When I told him he was a little upset, I gave him $250 and I asked my stepmother, I said, hey, Bridge, uh, what's for dinner? She said, yeah, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm cooking such and such. I said, no, nah, don't worry about it. 
I threw a hundred dollars on the table and said, we having Chinese tonight. I said, order me extra chicken wings. And I walked out. Oh, wow. Like I felt good. Yeah. I felt like I was helping the family, but I didn't know. I just outshined the master of the house and he didn't like that. Um, so they, they had given me some curfew when I moved back. But mind you, I'm, I've graduated high school already. I'm about to be 18. What do you mean curfew? Like, like I work for myself. I'm doing everything pop. Like, curfew? Why are you trying to control me? Yeah. I didn't understand if you're outside at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning smoking weed all day, how you going to wake up to work at 5 or 6 o'clock? I didn't understand the message because we had so much animosity and I was so used to being manipulated. It was just like, hold on, why? (laughs) Why? Not what you said, it's why you said it. Which makes sense why you asked why. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hold on, man. What you you mean, where am I at? What you want? (laughs) Uh, So that day um, I broke her field. And when I came in, he, once again, he demasculated me. Like, uh, I think I said it the word, emasculated. Mm-hmm. I came in the house and he said, who the F do you think you are? I said, huh? And he, like, open palm smacked me. And then went in my pocket and took everything that I had, all of the cash. He took... uh the business cell phone he had given me because I had messed up my credit already. <laughs> Within a year, I didn't pay my cell phone bill. He had gave me this. We took it back. Um, and said, you think you big really out in the streets? Go be big really out in the streets. I went to the streets. I became a product of my environment and I did things I thought was good to survive. And didn't understand I was only killing my spirit more and more and more. The more I tried to adapt to the things that looked normal and cool. So I wanted a persona. There was um, a rapper that came out around that time. His name was Young Jeezy. He was like a hood celebrity. Yeah. (laughs) A snowman. Like, (laughs) uh, I wanted to be him. Or that type of image in the hood. So I started holding guns. (laughs) I started doing things I just really shouldn't have been doing. I wound up getting caught in a situation. And I went to Rikers for the first time. And it just happened to be my father took advantage of me at that point. So (laughs) when I was in a position to need help and he felt like it was his fault, I manipulated his ass. It was my turn. I'm in here because of you. So I'm going to be very comfortable because of you. Uh, um, in Rikers Island, like you have a max spending limit every week. When you go to commissary, it's $115. Mm-hmm. I spent that every week. <laughs> um, your phone calls, it's like, it's 21 minutes. Every, it resets every certain amount of hours. So if you're really good, you could get three clicks in one day. But those phone calls are like $6. 
and you don't realize it because you're not putting money on the account. I had he was three. putting money on the account. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I made sure of that. Hey, hello. That money, right? <laughs> um, sorry, Dad. I ain't trying to say it like that. I, I, I wish you could have saved it now. Let me starve and <laughs> and not be able to use the phone. <laughs> but at that, that was a type of yeah. mentality that I had. I wasn't able to take account accountability for my actions. Yeah. Um. That was the first thing I came out after then and I was supposed to change and I just couldn't. At that point, I had two kids. Mm -hmm. It's like, ooh, now I got to survive. It's like, yo, no one's going to hire me with these felonies. And um, it's like, woof, what am I going to do? So now I'm back and I'm really outside now. <laughs> it's like, this is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to be good at it. And I mean, outside, like I'm really in the streets. Yeah. Like anytime you see me, I'm the type of person you would have probably crossed the streets, not wanted to say hello to. Um, it was that unapproachable, like I have a weapon on me <laughs> at all times. And the people that I'm speaking to are my customers. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I'm protecting my customers from anybody else. It's like, hey, each, you know, no. And I was just the type of individual that I become so I can provide. <laughs> and um, it made me worse and worse. And it was only a cycle. So nothing ever positive worked out for me like that. I was always able like to just get by. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing promising. It was like, you know, I didn't, who I was, I really didn't like. I seen it in the mirror. It's like, yo, man you know where you go. <laughs> and it was kind of an acceptance because I didn't know anybody else. Yeah. It's like, you know, this is what the world is and these successful people doing it. Maybe, maybe what they talking about ain't right. You know, um, I'll be looking at the people that be talking and it ain't that right anyway. <laughs> uh, I had a dream I got murdered. The same night I had the dream, one of my cousins had the dream, and my mother had the dream. I knew who it was, so I started looking for him. <laughs> wow. Um, the day that it was supposed to happen, I seen it happening before it did. I seen him spin the street. I seen exactly what he was wearing. And then, like, five minutes later, he actually came wearing that same thing. At that time, my weapon of choice was an M1 assault rifle. <laughs> right. So I had a I had a 30-30, and, um, and it was so dull with a, 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 a pistol grip hand. Like a movie star. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> like they seen that oh man. <laughs> it's like yo, where that come from? But you know what's so, interesting, real quick. I was just gonna say this. Um, the fact that you wrote "Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover." Like when I first met you, you couldn't have told me this, right? Like I would have known any of this. Like, but that that's why it's so important, and and I really hope that. We're going to have to start kind of coming towards 
you know, the mm-hmm. other side of this, but I hope that there are a lot of people that share this and a lot of kids that listen, because there's a lot of kids that are going to need to hear the rest of it. Um, so, but this is interesting and yeah. it's, it's probably a whole lot more common than most of our society realizes. I agree. That's the sad part. And sometimes there's hope. Hope needs. <laughs> there is. And the hope is called Chris. And, <laughs> and because the person I know, the person I met isn't that. No. So Who what I, happened? Who, that like was I, this was this the turning point for you where you had this? Oh um, no, not at all. No. Okay. You're we, we, we close to it. Though. We're close <laughs> we're, to it. No, we're like like we're we're, we're right No, we needed like five more. No. <laughs> so so, so the thing was, um, I seen that happening, and then when he came, I actually withdrew. You know, yeah. He didn't do anything. He kept it going. Okay. He seen what you. was up, and nothing happened. Uh, two days later, my house got raided. Now I was staying with a cousin of mine. And I happened to be, it was, it was a lot of us in that. Like my cousin, it was her and her two sisters, her baby father, her daughter, and about three other kids. Mm. And um, I used to come by, and it was all in the one bedroom. <laughs> Everybody was in the one bedroom. That we know too. Yeah. Um, and I used to come by when everybody else leaves. So when like all of them would go to work and school, I would go in the house and sleep. Yeah. And when everybody would be like, they start coming in, I'd go outside and I'd be outside all night. So I wound up, I'm staying at the spot and I'm leaving in the morning to go home because they usually leave. And then I get a phone call and it's like, yo, where you at? It's like, yo, I'm on my way to the crib. And my cousin's like, okay. So I'm walking and don't judge me now, because this this is this this is where we get it. You know, Don't everybody had there. a buy a bad diet at one point. At one point, my diet was a Corona, a Newport, and a Dutch from the Look. store. <laughs> I told you, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm alive. So, <laughs> that, you know, so I go to get breakfast, and you know that's when I got the phone call, and I'm walking back, and my phone rings again, and it's my boy from where I just came from, and he's from um, Alabama. So he told her about like this. Like, he said, yo, my man, man, where, where you at, man? I got a goddamn man. I said, yo, I said, I'm on my way to the crib, Smurf. What's up? He said, don't go over there, goddamn man. <laughs> Motherfucker, police at your goddamn house, man. I said, oh. Now, this is where it gets crazy. I knew what was in the house. So I knew, like, they got it and I was about to go to jail because I had to go turn myself in. But the day before when I was leaving, and I looked at the closet, something told me to grab it, and I didn't. Mm. So nah, I was like, yo, it's TNT, leave it there. You know, I don't want to get caught in the street with it today. The next day, get raided, boom, my cousin and her baby father, they were the only ones in the house at that point. They got locked up, so I had to turn myself in. So I turned myself in. That's how I got a nonviolent offense. I got a weapons charge, and I wasn't nowhere near the weapon. My charge is attempted criminal attempted criminal possession of a weapon. How do you attempt to criminally possess a weapon? Right? <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
So um, that was my charge. I got sentenced to one and a half to three. On that one and a half to three, we're going to get into this story now. Um, I'm, I'm an avid reader. So I'm reading a novel at the point, and it's by Eric Jerome Dickey. It's called Sleeping with Strangers. Um, it's a whole series, but I'm reading Sleeping with Strangers, and I see a quote for the good that I wish I do not do, but for the bad that I do not wish I do. And I'm like, ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so in the prison system, you don't really have like notebooks that you can like keep to bring up notes. And I knew I was going upstate. The only thing you can bring upstate with you is a Bible. So the Bible that I had began to, it was like my writing pad. Like I put everybody's mailing information, um, phone numbers and things like that. Uh, I write that that quote in it. Mm. I get upstate and I'm in a paramilitary boot camp, you know, because I had a nonviolent offense. They gave me the shock program. Shock is where I actually learned fitness. I seen people working out and eating, doing an intermittent fast without realizing it. Right. I'm like, hold on. And afterwards, it's like, I, I know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I seen everyone losing weight. I seen how they got active. And I seen how that whole, you know, I'm injured. Yeah, they didn't really care about that. They made you work through it. So it was right. a mental thing. So I was like, boom. It was a little bit too mental for me because I had an ego at that point. And I'm really good at the things that I do sometimes, you know. Um, I was a squad leader and the platoon leader just wasn't platoon leader in the right way. <laughs> uh, me and him, like, we were cool. We had something called confrontation. Inside of confrontation is where someone tells you, gives you some constructive criticism that you're supposed to use to better yourself. But, you know, sometimes our defenses are just so high when somebody's attacking us, we fight back and then have to face the consequences. Well, Courtney said, uh, Chris, I feel like you're faking your way to make it through the program and you're gonna end up here again. Now, Chris is ex supposed to repeat what Courtney just said and Chris was not with me. Yeah. Um, we, the, the network officer and the drill instructor, they realized the tension so they gave us a smoke break. So we go out and, you know, you're supposed to fall out a certain way. You got four squads and the platoon leader calls out the leader, like one and two are split and one and two will go together, three and four to go together. And he'll pick his side. Well, I stayed there until he picked the side <laughs> and I slid right in with him. And I invited him to the head, you know, um, like, bro, if you felt some type of way, we could have said something. So, you know, after this confrontation, I'd be in the head, I'd be expecting. And um, I guess this upstate person wasn't really used to us city people because that's how we were handling it. And mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, wind up getting kicked out because of that. He didn't take the invitation. And instead of me leaving it alone, I badgered him. I, I wound up writing his girlfriend and telling her that he was a sucker. Hey, go check out my MySpace. And I'm a real dude. Like, it, it was a whole lot of bull crap. I wound up going to the box. And inside the box, I had my Bible. And I had two other books for a week. I was knocking out a book in a day. It's 23-hour lockdown. It's like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what else you do, yeah. You know what book I'm not going to read in a day? So I started reading the Bible. 
And at this point, I was a non-believer. So I was like, I don't know how they believe these stories. I got all of this time. I'm going to prove it's false. So I get into it. And I, you know, I'm in Genesis and I see, well, Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel and then got banished to Canaan where he met his wife. It's like, where his wife come from? <laughs> this was my looking at it. So everything right. I looked upon it was negative. I wasn't looking to be right. informed to understand. Um, I come home and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing. <laughs> like, yeah, like in the beginning, you know, transitional services, they teach you people, places, and things you have to change. Yeah. I changed none of that. I went back to the same environment. I was a little bit more respected now because my name and reputation went a little bit up when I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Now I come home, I got bigger, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a different aura. And I really am street life yeah. until um, I get locked up again. I'm going to, you know, like pick up some you know, stuff and the police like see me i'm on the corner smoking a cigarette this is why i don't smoke cigarettes to this day i'm on the corner smoking a cigarette besides they're not so great for you yeah yeah, they're not they're horrible don't do those guys um so i'm smoking a cigarette on the corner and i have like a lot of stuff in my pocket and the police they kind of see me and i guess i look suspicious they hop out and i know they're coming to search me so i don't run it's like my brother, like it's my older brother in the street. He's in the like passenger seat. I know if I kick it to him, he's going to put it somewhere. We're good. So I go to the, the van. I open the door and I throw it to him. He just didn't put it anywhere. He kicked it under the seat of the driver. <laughs> so um, long story short, in that situation, the grace of God pulled me through. The driver was actually, he took the charge. And he only had to do a couple months in a program opposed to me having to go back to like they didn't even give me a chance, but uh they they probably would have gave me at least five. <laughs> um, that was three for you, right? That was Yeah, yeah, that would have been number three. <laughs> so um I'd I'd have got at least five. And they would have it was all different fields too, so it was yeah. even worse. I would I would have probably topped out to five on the next one. Yeah. Um so I said, you know what? Uh, I got to change. Like, I got to leave this alone. And still, it was I got to do it and not I need help to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I started trying to do positive things. So I did the transformation <laughs> of taking my hustle into the gym. So I became good at personal training. And I actually learned that crap in the jail and when I was in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came out of the box, I went to prison. And that's when I started lifting weights. Right. And everybody there, they were like, hey, you should be a personal trainer. I said, no, nah, I'm going home, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but I eventually started personal training at Bally's. I became the best personal trainer there because I can sell. I honestly looked at it. If I can stand outside and push something illegal, I can get into a gym and say, hey, you want some fitness today? <laughs> How are you? Are you okay? Right. You, you know, it was natural for me to right. take that and transfer it. Um, because I never had a problem with transactions asking for money. Okay. When I would let somebody know it's $800 per month to train, I'm not shaking. It's not really, oh my God, I got to ask this person. 
I'm providing a service. You right. want it. This is how much it costs. Do we got a deal? Nah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, I was also good at bargaining and, you know, the barter system because of what yeah. I was accustomed to. Right. So I took all of that. I became very good at that. I eventually got promoted and I was like a fitness manager. <laughs> As a fitness manager, I met someone who changed my life, who began to change my life. And I didn't understand she began to change my life until I broke her heart. When somebody with the light, <laughs> as I like to call it, um, I dimmed it. And it hurt me more than anything seeing her not smile the same. Mm. So with her not smiling the same after we broke up, it was probably the most painful words I ever heard. She helped me move. Like I moved from her house to Staten Island, back to Staten Island or home um, into a new apartment. She helped me move in. Like this is four months after we broke up. She didn't kick me out of her house. She's like, yeah, when I met you, you had an apartment. I'm going to make sure you're good when we, you know, part ways. Wow. She's a very good woman. Like, oh, my goodness. I won't even say her name. She probably, we're not even going to go there. Yeah, we don't have to go there. But, she's a very, yeah, she's a very special person. And yeah. I broke her. After I broke her, I had to take a look in the mirror and see the individual that was staring back for who he was a selfish, maniacal, manipulating individual who is only worried about himself and mm. every relationship that he's had. So when I looked at that and I tried to be a better person, I thought about it. I said, um, if I passed away, nobody's going to want to come to my funeral. They're going to come, <laughs> but nobody's going to want to be there to say goodbye. So I started trying to become a better person to where I was more valuable to people and not just because of money. It's like, hey, if I call Chris to help me out, can I count on him? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was over-volunteering myself for duties that I wasn't called for. <laughs> and I didn't understand that. You know, I was just trying. Yeah. I didn't understand. I felt I was incapable of love because I never knew love until I destroyed love. Mm. So my dog, Jaxie, <laughs> she, she, um, we, when I was with my ex, we got a dog. It was supposed to be cool. When I left, she came with me. Like, uh, maybe a few months after I had been in Staten Island, um, like, I couldn't, I couldn't stand looking at her no more. I'm like, oh, she just reminds me of you know, anonymous so much. And <laughs> I was trying to like find somewhere where she could go. I'm like, you know, somebody's got to take her. So I had spoke to somebody, had arranged it and everything. He was going to come pick her up. I went to train um, a young lady. I get back to my house 11 o'clock at night. I had a friend of mine staying with me at that point because, you know, I'm trying to be this person everybody could rely on. And he lets Jaxie out to like run to me and Jaxie runs straight into the middle of the street. I look at Jax running and I take a quick look into the street and I see a pickup truck coming. I tried to like kick at Jax so she wouldn't 
like go, but it was too late. Um, I sacrificed myself at that point, like mm -hmm. not intentionally, like, oh my God, kill me, not the dog. But yeah, like I ran in the street waving and flaring my arms to a pickup truck whose driver was sitting on the phone and didn't see me. Trigger warning, right? At that point, who I was died as in the flesh and the spirit was awoken. All of my issues from the past, <laughs> they no longer were with me. Those demons that followed, they stayed on the ground and who Jesus picked up is who began to walk. And the things that began to happen to me I didn't understand until I began reading. Um, I was picked up from the ground. I woke up in the hospital after having like, I'm not going to, it is, was an out-of-body experience. I say it because I was outside of my body. And and um, I'll make sure I put the link, you know, make sure, we'll make sure we get the link for that video. Um, because you guys, he showed me this video and <laughs> I didn't even know what I was watching it for. <laughs> but once I realized it, it, it's just like, wow, this is this man that's standing right in front of me. Yeah. So when I looked in the mirror the next time, I didn't see that individual I no longer like. Yeah. Um, there were certain things that I was doing or certain spirits that were leading me to do things. I no longer had them. Like I was a very lustful individual. It was like I was trying to jump into anything. Now you can't get in my like what man? You only exchange these spirits. Sorry. <laughs> you know I am. Um, he said he said bless the he said bless the hearers and doers of the word. So I try to pride myself on being a hearer and a doer. And a doer. So the things that I observe or you know come to learn, I I do. So when it says, you know, don't fornicate, I'm not out there trying to fornicate. I'm trying to run from it. <laughs> I'm like, please, 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 you know, like, ladies, please in the gym, put something on. Like, I'm still in the flesh. Please. <laughs> you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I got, father. I got some people that can definitely relate to you. Right <laughs> and, and, you know, um, <laughs> so uh, I got one. He's like, can y'all just stay 50 feet away? <laughs> like, exactly. Over like, there. I'm sorry. Over there. Like, uh, it's like I, I'm lowering my gaze, but God, <laughs> shoot, man, you're in my gaze. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I woke up in the hospital, like out of that, out of that body experience, I seen myself like calling my job to let them know. I was a general manager of a gym at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm calling my job to let them know, yo, somebody got to like open up tomorrow. Like that was my concern of the world. Not hate for my dad, not call my daughters, like none of that. Um, I, I woke up in the hospital and my boy, um, like, like my boy Kev, he was sent to me. The father sent him to me like early in the journey. And he started, when I moved back to Staten Island, he started like feeding me Bible verses. And as he would feed me the Bible verse, I would like read into the chapter. And then a couple of weeks later, I would go through the situation and be like, yo, <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> like bro how you know he said yo it was just in my spirit so i sent it to you and you know that's it thank god and i'm like all right cool so uh he eventually got me into studying the word like heavily but when i woke up in the hospital he was right by me mm -hmm. and another one of the brothers um mateo 
Um, Mateo actually worked at my job and he was one of the people I called. He came from Brooklyn to Staten Island. And when I woke up, I had two praying God-fearing men by me. And um, like, I'm like, yo, what happened? They said, you got hit by a truck. I said, I want to see the truck, man. <laughs> you know, I know I've been working out. I'm thinking I'm super huge. Like, I want to see the truck. And when I came, like, too, like, I left the hospital maybe three or four hours later. I jumped in a cab and I walked back in the house and my dog didn't know who I was. Uh, my boy was in the house. He knew who I was. I actually, he had a blunt for me right there. And I'm like, yeah, I need that. Um, but my dog, Jack's like, she stayed on the couch and she's looking like, hmm. like, you don't belong here. And when you guys look at that video, you'll see she's running in circles like afterwards. And it's my belief, you know, she she was, you know, bring that spirit back. <laughs> I'll give him a new one, <laughs> you know. Um, so within the walk, you know, I kept prepared me. And as I started to feel special, like um, a lot of people might, they got laughing, you know. I felt like I was God's chosen person at that point. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't want to blast me and say like I'm a prophet like Jesus, but I know I just died, sort of, and I ain't saying I got resurrected, but, you know, this I'm not the same person. Yeah. And I know I'm not the same person because I don't do the same things they did. I'm not attracted to them. I'm like, yo, what's going on? My boy said, yo, getting the word. So I took on, um, I start reading and reading and reading. And this time my reading was different because my eyes were open. I was reading things that I was going through and then I learned that I was born again. <laughs> and then I was able to understand a lot of the scriptures that are speak, spoken in parables for those whose ears and eyes are closed. It's not for you. Yeah. But once, once your eyes and ears have been opened, um, yeah, listen, this is, this is it. Yeah. I didn't understand Jesus at first. So it's like, I understood, you know, God. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, a creator. I'm like, mm -hmm. I got saved, you know, and it, that ain't by chance. And the things that I'm good at, like, you know, I learned from bad situations. So, you know, it's a master mathematician. I was placed around a few Muslims first. Like, I have a good brother. And um, he, 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 he moves in the ways of Muhammad. <laughs> that boy um he's about 22 23 years old and he's a born leader mm. and you can see it in him and it's not in his you gotta do this because in the ways that he moves i'm not gonna say he is sinless because we all fall short of right. glory but um he he moves as he is trying to be like and it's just like very inspiring I was able to learn about Muslims and Islams through watching him. Mm -hmm. So when I picked up the Quran and I'm beginning to read, I'm like, oh, this sounds like, you know, oh. Um, my first stint of the Bible was the Old Testament. The Old Testament and the Torah is like the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm running through it and I'm like, hold on. I, I got the lineage. And I was able to understand that everybody served the same God. It's like everybody serves the God of Abraham. And if you look at it, 
Abraham had two sons. It was Isaac and Ishmael. Uh, Ishmael, he was the son of Hagar, who was the maidservant given to Abraham by Sarah. And it's like, hold on. The Bible say woman belong to man and man belong to Christ and Christ belong to God. It's like, hold up. Before Christ, it was man belonged to God and woman belonged to man. So everybody in his household is following what that man followed. Hmm. So it's like, hold on. Ishmael for the Ishmaelites and those are the Arabs and the Muslims. It's like Isaac for the 12 tribes of Israel and that's where the Jews come from. It's like, whoa, yeah. it's the same God, guys. And, you know, I was able to bridge that. And then I met Jesus Christ and understood grace through Christ. And once I seen that, I was open. It's like, all right, you got me. There's no yeah. more doubt. Like, um, I am no longer a believer. It's like, I know. <laughs> it's like, I know the kingdom is coming down. Yeah. I know Jesus was resurrected because it speaks of it in the Bible. And then in the Quran, it confirms it. It's like I understand the differences in the religions, why we practice different, because people don't understand the difference between living under the laws and living under the grace. They're so concerned saying, you know, Jesus came to change it. And we know he came to open up the doors for some other people that weren't allowed it. Yeah. And it's like, hold on. So now my days have become this individual who's more looking to fill cups with the things that he's been filled with opposed to take from whatever he could and get over. And so the transformation actually came from a broken heart um, and not me having a broken heart, me breaking the heart and seeing what it did to an individual. Because yeah. I seen a very, very bright light dim all the way down. It's like, oh my goodness. And to corrupt the soul, uh, when the accident happened, <laughs> um, I asked for the opportunity to serve. And throughout the walk and, you know, through certain guidance and being put before certain people, it's like I have so much more testimony because my, my life is a walking testimony nowadays because I'm being used to bring others It's, it's amazing. It is. It's 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 very amazing. Um, and I I think I say that sometimes because people be like, "How was your day?" <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really all I can say because honestly, and and maybe it sounds like this is what you're kind of living too, where it's like, if if I'm not being followed around with a video camera twenty four seven, I can't even explain to you what happened. <laughs> You the conversations I have conversations come out of nowhere people I know. speak to so I, I'll, I'll give you yo the, this week right I said um so I'm going through a little situation so I have a uh I've been subletting an apartment and the ladies are getting a little greedy now she sees she can make a lot more money than what she's been charging me so she's basically telling me I got to get out I said okay cool I worry about nothing nowadays mm -hmm because I know it is not for me to worry because everything right. that is for me will be given to me. 
and everything that is not for me will be taken from me. So I live, and like some people would say, it's faith. I don't. I just live, man. No one is gonna be good, right? So uh, I said I'm gonna fast, you know, um, for you know a certain amount of hours, you know, so I can get some clarity and direction. Yeah. So I I think I set up like a 36 hour fast. Um, I maybe 22 hours into the fast, and it's after workout, after cardio. And then I'm walking on onto the boat. No, excuse me. I'm leaving the gym. And I, you know, my good Muslim brother, my, my boy, uh, he actually takes care of my food. Okay. So he was so accustomed to it. He ordered the food and then we just go to pick it up. And I'm like, oh, man, now I got the temptation. So I'm like, yo, I, I do need the protein. You know, we didn't get no carbs. So I, I take the food. And um, I said, you know what? I'll just save it for tomorrow. As I'm getting on the boat, somebody says hey you got my food don't you and the first thing you look at me i'm from new york man give me 20 dollars. i give it to you and i'm just saying it sarcastically and then i look back and caught who i was at this point uh, i said you hungry she said yeah i passed it up train kept on i was able to get through my fast um uh, i'm in ketosis right now because of that <laughs> god is amazing so you gave me a temptation um, I seen a way out and, and then he gave me a way out. <laughs> right. And you took the way out. That's the key. I sure did. Because he I think he always gives us way out ways out. <laughs> there, there's if we really pay attention, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a choice. He always gives us ways out, but we have to be, we have to choose to take it. Exactly. So that's the thing. And and I'll be honest, with you, I mean, my human stuff, I struggle with stuff too, right? So it's like flesh. Yeah. So, so good is, on you for taking. Oh <laughs> yeah, I tried. So um, he so. said, "Bust the hairs and doers of the world." So like, a, like basically, my story is starting over. I didn't like who I was, so I began to try to be a better person, mm-hmm. and that didn't work. I didn't begin to be a better person until I was born again. Um, born again for me was literally the Holy Ghost, which I've come to know it as. Yeah. Becoming one with me. Yeah. Um, that's my version of born again. Yeah. I'm not sure if everyone shares it, but I'm going to share the gospel that I go through and the gospel that I see Peter talk about and Paul talk about Corinthians and the whole New Testament. Um, I try to share that the person I was, I no longer am, and it is not through my doing at all. The father uses individuals like me to show other people if he can do it for me, he can do it for them as well. That, yeah, <laughs> that right there. That's that. That, <laughs> that yeah, and that's what I say. Like we just, it's important. I think, and, and it's a. I don't know. At least for me, I only speak for myself. It sometimes it's difficult for me to believe that I, he wants to use me in these ways that I never saw coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and you know, and it, it's something that I struggle with. Um, just that kind of self-worth and self-belief and just, um, but it's possible that he can take the most broken, mm-hmm. prideful, mm-hmm. egotistical, whatever name you want to put in front of it, <laughs> person and use them for the greater good. Look at and Paul, so and Paul. That's what happens. 
yeah, that's what happens. So I started my story off saying, you know, the sleeping with strangers. That quote was actually of Romans. And in Romans, it was Paul speaking of the flesh <laughs> and the spirit and the difference between the two. Yeah. So when I was able to look back at that, I seen that the father had a calling on me from way back. And I just wasn't making the choices needed to be used the way I needed to. So what you were saying, the self-worth, I struggled with that in the beginning until I realized it's not about you. (laughs) That's it. It's not about you. It's him using you to do his plan. And once it's like that, it's like, use me, use me, use me. Like I get so excited when I'm used to get someone else to know the father. My brother picked up the Bible. He said, Chris, I'm in Matthews. I said, yeah, man, thank God. (laughs) Nice. Nice. My mother, a devout Christian for many years, like before I was born, sends me a message. You know, I see you and Brett in this. You know, I started reading Matthews too. I was like, Ma, you didn't read the Bible yet? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, so... It's exciting to let the Father use you to do these things. Yeah. Um, I'm actually excited right now. The Father's using me as we speak. I'm hoping a lot of people are able to identify the things that they're going through or might be feeling and actually start looking for direction. Don't listen to me. You know, there's a book. You know, if you read it, show you some things. Yeah. They might make sense to you. If they don't, it's not for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yet. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time. It's all about timing, and you know, I I can definitely look at my own journey, and there's a lot of things that I didn't understand at one point, and um, my eyes have been opened a, a lot more, you know, since mm-hmm. then. And sounds like that's you know similar for you, and it, I hear those stories all the time, and it seems like a lot of us are going through those things, and I just I definitely want to first off acknowledge you for being vulnerable and you know, telling as much of your story as you did. And I, like I said before, I just, I hope and pray that this hits home with a lot of people out there, especially kids, teenagers, people that are where you were, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gives hope to, I always say, even if it's just one person, right? <laughs> but but I hope it's a lot more, but... <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> and... Uh, but if it's one, I hope it's that one that is meant for it to inspire exactly. a whole lot more. Exactly. Yeah, but you've definitely been through some things. And and I think that's where the testimony becomes even stronger. Mm-hmm. Because if you were out here talking about my life is perfect and this is what I've done. And then, you know, I never had to struggle. And people can't relate to that. Yeah. They can't <laughs> relate to that. It's not relatable. And. And what I've learned is the more open and, you know, just genuine I am with people genuine. and, hey, this is, this is who I am and I got my flaws and, you know, the more I, the more I'm open and honest about it, the more people I'm able to have a positive impact on. I agree. Yeah. I think so definitely um, keep doing what you're doing and, yeah. 
I wanted to kind of get into like some of the bodybuilding stuff. We've we've kind of gone over our time yeah. and and I I want to make sure we don't have any listeners that check out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But but you guys look, I I want you guys to make sure you connect with Chris. Um he is definitely I, I make sure on social media, I make sure that I I keep positive influences in my life. So if I go on there, I want to make sure I'm seeing some positivity, right? Like I don't uh-huh. need it. I don't need any negative stuff. I've had enough of that in my life, right? <laughs> so um, for anybody out there, yes, make sure you're following Chris because that's what he does. He spreads the positivity. He's here to inspire you. Um, like I said, I've only met this man in person one time, um, but it left a lasting impact. So <laughs> I know that if you have the capability to do that with someone like me, you have the capability to do that with anybody you come in contact with. I have the capability of doing nothing. And the father <laughs> has the capability of doing but the same to me you. as anyone. <laughs> but it uses you. And the thing, yes, ma'am. the thing that, that we have to realize is people see us that mm-hmm. don't see him. Oh, I want you to see him when you see me. Right. I don't want you to see me. I want you to see the works that he's done through me. And that this person will not even pick up a gun (laughs) anymore, let alone attempt to try to sell a drug or steal anything because of what the father has done in my life and the things he's changed within me, the moral compass and values he instilled in me that I did not have. That's what I want people to see. Don't, don't run from the rush, the rash delivery because Jesus and Paul did not speak that friendly either. When they were dodging left hooks and right elbows, right. <laughs> they were telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to spread anything truthful that's positive and leading an impact into, you know, the world that we're heading. Yeah. Not the world that we're living in. That's good. Well, you're definitely doing that. So keep it up. Keep it up. Um, Appreciate keep it. doing what you're doing. Keep definitely keep doing the fitness thing. Um, mm-hmm. it is interesting how that those entrepreneurial skills just came to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had another guest that, that, you know, he kind of went through the same thing. So it's, it's pretty interesting to hear that, but, um, you know, God bless you and keep, Thank you. I appreciate that. keep doing what you're doing. And I know our paths will cross again. Um, yes, ma'am. and yeah, that's, that's I'm back on the stage <laughs> quite a few times this year. Yeah, I know. I've been following you. So you guys make sure you follow Chris, make sure you, you know, connect with him. Um, hopefully you and I can link up and do some collaborations later on and, you know, just kind of see where things go. And, and like I say, I don't ever, I don't ever have the plan. I just say, Hey, hey, give me, hey, the, people. Give me the people it. and let me go. <laughs> so, <laughs> give me the people that want to follow and we'll all go up together. Um, so, so me, I want to make sure, uh, cause I don't think I did it at the beginning of the show, but I definitely want to make sure that I shout out our sponsors, convene communities, real life, real people, real stories. We are real people coming together. We got different things that we've been gifted to do. And, and the more we collaborate, the more we can do, the more impact we can have on the entire world. So I'm truly grateful for that, that, um, not only just the platform, but the family that has been created around that platform. And we always said that was led by God because there's no way humans could have created something that massive. Um, <laughs> and then I also want to give a shout out to first approved financial. Um, I have a really good friend, Denise Armstrong, who is literally, um, allowing what she's been gifted to do to have an impact on the rest of the world as well through financial literacy, literacy and credit repair and, um, business funding and things like that. And so she's been my accountability partner as I've been kind of on my journey 
And and so I'm grateful for that too. So shout out to both of them. And um, Chris, definitely shout out to you. I can't wait to see where you go from here. Mm-hmm. And I know it's only going to be up. So, um, and I always say, let's go up together because it's time to level up in this world, you know? So thank you, you again for your time. Uh, you guys, this has been another episode of Breaking Barriers Now. I'm your host, Jody Watkins. Today we had Chris Brule on and you'll may, I'll make sure you got his Instagram so you can make sure you follow him and, and just, you know, keep good people in your life because the more we do that, the, the better we will be and the more he can lead the rest of us. So, and if he can take some of us and create us into what we are today, then he can take anybody and do the same. So (laughs) we will leave it at that. Um, So Chris, thanks again. And everybody out there, God bless you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you share, go follow, uh, subscribe to the Jody Watkins Inspires YouTube channel. Make sure you check out the Breaking Barriers Now podcast on all podcasting platforms. Follow, share, get it out there we hit 80 countries last year and we're shooting for 100 this year so and Uh and maybe even more (laughs) so but again that's not my plan we'll we'll see where it goes but thanks again and everybody have a great day Mm